Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Do a little faster. You still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the, the Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business, and explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Yes, Oh. <laughs> Did I take your shine? Have you felt? No, I thought you would be happy, it. but then you looked a I little upset. I was so upset. happy. Okay, good. What? Okay, good. For all the patrons, look, my shirt dirty, but exclusive. If you were a Patreon, you, you would know, know what, what it I is. Just did. And you ain't going to find out until you sign up. Mm-hmm. We ain't telling you neither, but they coming soon, y'all. Got the photo shoot. That is cute. Mm-hmm. It's cute or whatever. Like, I just got makeup on the collar. What's crack-a-lacking, girlfriend? I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my small, cold, tight, balled-up heart. <laughs> the way y'all showed love and my cash up for my birthday. Oh, how much money you get? Girl, me, let's me. just say my I could have put that money to my tickets. Did I? What tickets? Whatever card tickets, I could, and I want to say thank you. (laughs) I wish I had my grills. I put them in today too. Damn, lacking. But thank y'all. You know, shout out to the community. Shout out to generous donors. Almost feel like NPR out this bitch. Shout out to the generous donors. (laughs) That have um, any men's in them? A couple. Oh. Just one. He made it rain. I said, stop. Don't stop. Stop but don't stop. Stop but don't stop. It's my birthday That's tomorrow, that. too. It's a weekend. Dang. <laughs> no, I know. It was good. I spent my birthday like a 37-year-old. It was borderline mm. pathetic, but God is good. Mm. I'm here, and I'm grateful. You know, again, I had the blues. I was depressed a little bit. And then I woke up. I was just about to get my period. And I was like, hold up. None of that is real. Or maybe it was. Who knows? (laughs) I can't tell if the veil is thin and I see everything or I make it all up in my head. But I was very sad. And then I got my period and I felt better. But I did, you know, I was feeling reflective and... um, It's the end of the year. 
thinking about next year. I'm planning on going leaner. I'm going to go leaner. I'm getting rid of things so I can focus and hone in on what's important. Um, I'm also considering getting a real job. Oh, God. <laughs> but wait, hear me out on this. I think I need to get a corporate, like a job job. <laughs> I think I need to figure out how people do things and systems in order so that like I can feel... I could be trained up a little bit. And um, if y'all want to hire me, <laughs> I have no experience, but I'm a fast learner, and I do probably have some experience, just not in the, um, in the credential. The narrative way. is yeah, it's the, everything, girl. You it's have different. the experience. You it's just, just got to know how to put it on that paper. It's not credentialized, verified, and put on paper. But I'm dead ass. If somebody's like, oh, yeah, Shanti, here's a skill set and you have to get pinged. I want a job where I'm getting pinged. What is a ping? I want it. <laughs> you don't want that. Ping me. Pong me. <laughs> I really feel like I need this. I need some type of training in this. What do you, you call just need it? some Internet. discipline, girl. No, I, th I think that's a false narrative and your judgment of me seeped through there. And it's okay. <laughs> What? But that's I don't, what I don't feel about. like I'm an undisciplined person. I'm constantly doing stuff. I just need right. order. No, it not being order and systems. Undiscipline is not that you're lazy. Undiscipline is exactly what you said. Order. You no. just need like processes put into place and to learn those processes. Yeah. Go ahead. Pause it and go yell at her. Oh, that's your job. <laughs> I already saw your face getting upset. How do I do that? <laughs> I can't see you with the corporate job because it's not corporate. It's just like a, some kind, I need a teams need to be on teams, like a corporate creative job. Maybe that's still a corporate job. Shanti, you still have like meetings and I think that it's just like you want, you want to learn processes. You want to learn um, programs that will help you organize yourself. Yeah. more. Spreadsheets. That's what I mean ping when pong. I say discipline. I don't mean it's not ping pong. Stop saying ping pong. <laughs> I need that the kind of. But it's a rigor. It's deadlines. It's like fear. That's discipline. That kind of shit. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's not. like professional I, development. Professional development. That's what I need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm dead ass. You guys think I'm playing? But I no. Think I, I think that you could do I it. I, I just it. think you would hate it. And it's funny coming from you because you're like, is that a it's white people that you work with that I'm like, what? Like, it's just so crazy how far removed from it, it that, from that world you are. That the fact that you want to go into it is wild. Mm -hmm. Really, I, I, I wish I wish you would have just finished school or something because that you would have gotten it there. You would have deepened do my that. She, first. She said I'm undisciplined. Then she said I'm un. Educated? <laughs> no, <I> didn't. <laughs> that's not this what I said. No, <laughs> please don't say that because then somebody go write a fucking review saying that, they go write that about both of us now. <laughs> so don't worry. Shanti <laughs> got her first review. Shanti and everything Antoinette says. <laughs> Bitch, she's a bad friend. 
She I just got her first a negative review and she laid in the bed while I talked her up the ledge. <laughs> I said, it's okay, girl. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> Listen, if that's what you want to do, I fully support you and I will help you get your Give resume together. Give me an together. entry level corporate team job, creative team. You realize you will make no money and it will take up more time. You realize I make no money now? All right. Or I think people, that's another thing. Y'all think I'm eating out here and I love. <laughs> you just got grills. Oh. I love this illusion that people are like, yeah, like you're wildly successful. I'm like. Sable is a success. I don't care what you say. Here you go. I'm not doing this with you. in my pocket yet. We Wait, seven today. minutes I know in. I'm not people, doing this. I know you not over here like. It ain't what? successful till it brings me some financial ease. When have I ever said that? Tell a me, lot of tell things. Me the you time won't, that I you're said not going to you you security and finances are very important to you. I've never said something wasn't successful unless it brings money. I want it to bring money. Well, I guess it's the definition of it. Like, yeah, I, I think the sable is about to do big stuff. But all right, if you but I think to do this other work, maybe it'll help you with sable. Sure. I'm, I'm trying to lean down on sable. And get some professional development so that I can focus and like learn some skills that I can take back. Because you need to get paid to do it, right? Yeah. You know me. I'm I like hands-on. I like to get in the mix. I like to just do it. So if you're hiring, if you want to start your LLC and hire me, Antoinette. You need some highly unqualified. <laughs> no, stop. I can't do this today. No, damn. We work together already, so it's like I will. I'm dead ass serious. If you want to learn some of these things, we can sit. I don't know what it. You need to make no. a comprehensive list of what you want to learn. I don't know, and what I'll it be is more than happy it... to show you. But also, YouTube. University is real. It's not. It's I'm not, trying to tell you it we're is. We're two different people. We've always been this way. It's not how I learn. It's just not. Throw me in. The, throw me in. That's not really how Coach. people. All right. When you get in the corporate world, a lot, oftentimes you have to go fetch that information. There's no onboarding or it's terrible. You got to go figure it well, out. Even and in that time, case, I'll go do it then. I but just, I'd be spending time on YouTube figuring it out. But I won't know Somebody what to go me YouTube to do unless I'm in the context of what do I go YouTube. I'm going to go on YouTube and say how to be professional. <laughs> how no. to? But that's why I'm saying you need a comprehensive list. You want to learn Excel. What what do you want to learn? And Or if it's just flexing the muscle of being more disciplined of yeah. doing this, doing yeah. that, then, yeah, then, that's, then you're right. Then that's stuff. a different thing. Yeah. Okay, then Teamwork, yeah. seeing how a big machine works. Mm-hmm. Other people's leadership styles. Oh, I have that's very completely few, different. Yeah. I have very few engagement with with other like higher leadership type of stuff. Somebody I'm dead I ass. Need, we can we can work on your resume. I'm so serious. Cause you have so many skills. So many skills. You're you're a marketer for Sable. Yeah. We're we not gonna do all this on here. No, we're not. You're a marketer. But let's go. You're, yeah. And if you're if you're listening and you're hiring, let me get an interview, y'all. That's <laughs> how it works. <laughs> Let me get it. Or an, or for you, I think it would work like that. Honestly, so shout out to you. Hit me, DM oh me. Oh my god, <laughs> DM me. 
I need 401k. I need 401k. <laughs> I need to be a part of the pings. Watch you get a fucking better job than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how sure. it would work. Somebody will be like, hey, we're hiring over here at, uh, what's Issa Rae's job? At radio. Da, 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 da. I'll be like, this is the bullshit. But I would be happy for you. <laughs> my updates, I don't, I don't have many. I went to see my white family. I hope everybody enjoyed that. They tend to really. <laughs> All right. Shanti's on one. I could tell, y'all. I could tell she's on one on this episode. It's getting I tricky already. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. This is my first meal. <laughs> All I hear is that lettuce crunching. It ain't even. I don't what have a thing of s- greens in it, child. Those potato oh, chips. Oh, no. What is it? It's chips. <laughs> It's potato chips it's in my sandwich. Potato chips in the sandwich. That's how you do it. All right. I went to see my white family. They're lovely humans. We had a blast. Just a blast. And it cracks me up. Every year I post it. And every year a man writes me and it's like, I'm shocked and surprised every year when I see this. <laughs> to my best friend. She's like, every year I, I look at this and I'm just bewildered. It's just... <laughs> It's just something you to really see. I just. Right. Mm-hmm. And my family loves Shanti. They are all upset that she's never been. I'm coming next year. Say less. Don't say that because my Aunt Barbara has said I numerous will. times. She always says she's going to come. And I'm like, I know, this I'm time really, of year is a bad year for too. her. We coming. You would be. Everybody's really going to think it I'm is gay. my birthday. I love it. Your mom would it give me a cake. She's very thoughtful. She. Everybody would sing happy birthday to you. In the Rattano way too. Yeah, blessed are you? Yes, they would. Um, speaking of black businesses and bet on black, um, I had that cream Earl Grey tea from Brooklyn Tea. Talk about this is it. not an ad. This is not an ad. That motherfucking tea has me in a chokehold. Specifically, the cream Earl Grey. It was sold out online. They've restocked. I went, I got in my car and drove, Shanti. I bought it at Renee's. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Renee's. Renee's. <laughs> one more time. I bought it at Renee's holiday. Uh, she don't like to call it a bazaar anymore, but all right. What does she call it, it? A bazaar. Holiday event. What'd she say then? Don't get me to fucking this <laughs> up. I done misplaced the brand she was advoc- activated for. She anyway. did that holiday show. So I got two boxes there. One box was supposed to be a gift. It's not. I'm busting it down. It's not a gift anymore. <laughs> and then I got in the car and drove to Brooklyn Tea to their location in Best Eye to get 12 ounces of this tea. Talk about the, the notes. What tea. are you getting from it? Cream. Oh, I'm Arby. not like, good like that. I get that cream. First okay. of all, you get that Earl Grey first. And then that cream hit second. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> this is this is an experience in my mouth. And oh. then at the very end, I add I added some agave to it. Then the agave hit the hits. Layers. Boop. Complexity. It's, it is. The owner it really Ali is. is a tea sommelier. So see. See? Like he goes and they all they do is talk about teas, herbs, leaves, <laughs> growth, soil, complexity. So, this is not an ad, but this is an ad. Y'all need to go ahead and get yourself some tea. Jamila. For Brooklyn tea. And speaking of, that cream Earl Grey is hitting, and I heard the hibiscus is fire as well. Better so. black family. 
Also, Beyonce's site is down. Uh-oh. What does that mean? So we are all anticipating something because Beyonce's site only goes down when she about to do some shit. So anything could happen. 12 o'clock comes, Beyonce could have a whole new album out. Who the fuck knows? We don't know. Interesting. But, but her she site is, is down. Leave us alone. Leave me alone, Becky. No, don't leave me alone. Jesus is bored. Um, oh, tricky. That's it, though. That's all my updates for now. I'm so excited to take a break. I'm me so too. excited for the holidays. I'm going on a little trip. Mm. <laughs> First time traveling with Amanda. Mandy, we gonna have fun. We're I'm gonna have so much nervous. fun. I think we're gonna have so much fun. Nervous for what? Um, that girl is a guaranteed good time. I know. She already. We already found a a video where she's like, "We gotta recreate this," and it's like a girl reading in the pool and a girl behind her just losing her fucking mind with shots and everything else. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's you. I'll be reading and possibly crying, but very excited for that." <clears throat> Shout out um, to you and your much needed reprieve. Thank you. Wish you would come, but you said um, on an episode that you didn't want to travel with me, so that's fine. <sighs> I might change my mind. Nah, you can't. <laughs> you can't come now. We didn't book the room. We booked my the own room. room. Okay, book your own room, queen. Come. Would you come? You come on. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> <laughs> Let me find more deets. I'll slide through. I'll send you to a place. I'll be in the poor place. That would place. make my day if I would be in the poor Airbnb <laughs> down no. the street from y'all. I will and love it. And Mandy love it. will let you sleep with a floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's not true. All right. Come on. Can you ask people to rate and subscribe and share? Y'all. This is near the end of the year. If you have been listening to us from the top of the year to now and you haven't rated, subscribed, commented, even if it's a, a harsh review, because we need y'all to speak y'all truth to us. We do read them. It does help us to self-reflect. Not subscribe to that. It does you help email us. email us a harsh review. It does not have to be public. I don't want y'all to self-edit for our egos because it's all <laughs> ego anyway. I want No, it's not ego. People look at that. Who want well, to possibly their... work with us and invest in well, us? Well, we got 4.9, so we doing all right. All right. Anton Listen, Antoinette doesn't like that, so I apologize. But if you want to leave us only good reviews, only positive comments... <laughs> Please do so. And if you haven't yet, do it now. It helps build community. It helps build um, validity of our business and our brand and offers us more possibilities. We are aiming towards being self-sufficient and fully funded by this work. The more that we can afford it, the more we can show up and expand this podcast. We got shit inside of us ready to come out that we don't even know about yet that and only money crazy. can unlock it <laughs> Did you, we got shit inside of us ready to come out we have magic said. inside of you. us ready to come out Childish. and be shared but lord knows it's an energetic exchange and um a little it, all it takes is a little comment 
a little mm. five star here and there. Ooh. You know what I mean? Ooh, a little share. A little share. Rate, subscribe, tell your homies. Amen. Also, if you want to see my sty, <clears throat> and Antoinette's beautiful <laughs> face, Antoinette looks gorgeous. If you want to see what she has on, I ain't even going to say what it is. You would have to be a patron. So consider becoming a patron on our Patreon. What is that, you ask? It is a visual subscription in which you can watch each podcast in real time, as well as extra content. We are going to be um, doing a little kiki and putting it on the Patreon. So a little something, something for y'all before the year's out. You will have access to that with a tiered paid subscription of five, seven or ten dollars. So support us, support the cause. Get your whole life by seeing us in real action. And thank you to those that have already contributed. Big shout out to the gods, to the dons, Amber, Hamid, Sassy, Justin, Ricky, Trayvon, Haley, Criscala, Nellie, LL, and Ashley. Real Amen. ones, appreciate you. We really do. This goes a long way. So we're going to take a break and uh, come back on the flip side with a special guest. I think uh, we're going to do hot shit right before that, but oh, forgive you're me. right. <clears throat> After these messages, we'll be right back. Boop. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And we are back. Hot shit. I'll start. Zwee, do you know Zwee? Zwee, mm. Zwee. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch her thing with George Santos? No, but I love everything she does. She's brilliant. I'm so irritated that the only clip that's going around is the one time he got her. He got her. What happened? But she tore him up on that. She is so smart. So charismatic. Mm -hmm. It's a 17 minute video. Not so you just George Santos. What he do to her? George Santos. What a time. No. Together. He, he just, they were being shady towards one another. He won one round. Only one. But she, she kept telling him to say, to, she kept telling him that he's iconic. He was, and she was like, say iconic. And he was like, iconic. And she was like, you're an icon. And he was like, I'm an icon. And she was like, icon. He was like, icon. She was like, I. Con, <laughs> con man, <laughs> it was just so good. She's just so smart. It's, it's just so. Mm. I want to be that shady and brilliant. And you know how she has that like just stare where she's just that awkward mm -hmm. pause. Mm -hmm. Oh man, everybody, you need to go if you want to feel good for seventeen minutes. Go watch. That. Oh, I have to Get watch that. I thought she was canceled. So the fact that she's still out there. Is making me super excited. Her YouTube channel. Oh, she's her a show. Oh, okay. She got her own empire well, she, over there. I know that's right, girl. She was she at like, Culture okay. Con. I missed her. 
damn it. Watch me work. You might cancel my show, but you forgot I you I got a whole thing me. going on. Mm-mm. Shout out. You can't see it today. I apologize. Uh, I don't know if I can actually recreate it, <laughs> but I got my hair cut. I've, again, this is why people, I have money. Um, and probably the reason why I don't have money is I invested what well, I, I shared with everybody. It was a trifecta of me looking more like myself. It was my tattoos. It was my grills. And then it was my haircut. And I was going to do it by any means necessary. So the final ring on that trifecta was my haircut. And I went to wash day in Philly. It is a curly cut salon for curly hair girls. There's two stylists, the owner, Tori, and then Ruth. And I got my hair cut by Ruth. And I went in there. It's so cute. Like every mm. single fixture in the shop has like a wave or something to it. And not like a corny way. Because curls and the curly cues can go corny. It could go corny real, real fast. Quick. But she real did quick. it in such a tasteful way. Even the glasses, Antoinette, you would have loved them. Or maybe not. They have like a little wave to them. Like they gave you water glasses and they were like cute little wavy, just mm. cute little touches. And I learned that I was doing my hair wrong for years. I don't know if I believe it. It feels like it almost because of my conditioning, it almost feels like flat earth theory. The shit that she was telling me. She told me that oil's not good for my hair. What the fuck mm. are you talking about? And she told me. That I should be washing my hair twice a week. What, bro? <laughs> and the she amount they of- told me I'm supposed to wash my hair every day. That's what they told me. They touched my hair and they said, "Wash your hair every day. You tripping? You cannot the have this built up product in your hair." Prad- pro- uh, product that she put in my hair. I could. I. I never did that ever. I mean, you were actually the first person who always told me like, whatever you put in your hair, you never put enough in. <laughs> <laughs> but I was shocked. And then I was you shocked. You have a lot of hair. You do put like a dime size. And I'm like, girl. My hair's thinning now and I need to take some supplements for it. Um, oh. I'm concerned actually, to be completely honest. And I'll talk about that in another episode. But the girl, okay. it is not the same that it used to be. I am an older woman. Mm. And um, the results were resulting. It was a really cute cut. I have yes. yet to have the time to try and recreate it. I tried one time and it failed. <laughs> but Antoinette talked me through. I called her a little upset. She was like, no, girl, you got to. So I'm going to try it again. But to all those looking for a curly cut in the Philadelphia area, check them out. What is the name of it? <clears throat> Wash Day. Oh, okay. In That's Philly. Cute. Wash Day Philly. Really cute spot. Um, shout out to, shout out to them. Oh, and then I have another thing. Y'all, internet. I watched <laughs> Leave the World Behind on Netflix. This is with Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Mahala, Farah McKenzie, Kevin Bacon, and Charlie Evans. This is a psychological thriller. Um, it's from the author Ruman Alam. And Chad, it was produced, executive produced by Barack and Michelle Obama, which is interesting. so interesting to me. Because it's it the is, end of the world kind of thing, right? It's about the end of the world, but it's so connected to politics and so social 
issues and oh god I like all end of the world things you humanity has to show up and class and racism and politics and they're warning us shanti bitch they saying what they couldn't say when they was in the white house oh it's over i'm glad i got to love you i do no let's go to the woods we gotta get out where they survive i don't know i can't tell you the story but you might not know Excel, but I do believe you could survive I could in not. an yeah, apocalypse. You, you couldn't? Uh-uh, I'm in trouble, too. I'm like, girl, can we eat that? <laughs> <laughs> My dumb ass would be eating everything, though. <laughs> I taste it and make sure. <laughs> we would be in so much trouble. No, Antoinette. Did you ever see you know the Hunger Games? Did? Do you know what we did? When a little did? girl was eating, about to eat them berries and yep. die? We that would be went you. through, you and I? Number one, what? we've been running a business with very, very different personalities. Mm-hmm. And we made it through the fucking escape room. Escape room. We ain't fight either. We didn't. We, we had each other's back. But we, we had it. I listened to you. You listened to me. I didn't even feel no tension with you. I was in it with you. I was like, yo, we're going to do this. Ain't nobody the else. The only this tension with. was with blacks, dumbass, just standing with a nigga around, there. Not helping. Not figuring out. Like, not offering. You... Not connecting. Not no doing dots. Nothing. We had to tell him to do everything. Hold this. He didn't stupid. connect any dots. <laughs> I love him to death. But he. <laughs> But he and then he was he was insecure he, about it a little bit, and so he would be like, no, "Y'all, he, this is dumb, y'all. I don't. This is I, stupid. I'm gonna let y'all cook." <laughs> he is so much like ATL. It's not even. Funny, I know. Actually. He claims that it was because we were being too bossy. So he was like, "I just, I just disassociate and just let, I just let y'all do y'all thing." I was like, "Whatever," but I feel that we could make it. Oh, I know it actually. There's. That was who I, I would definitely want you on my team. Where are you today? That I got to make it to New York. I got to get out. We got to have a meeting place. We do. We have to have, I think we have to have a meeting place. We have to have a whistle signal. I'm realizing in all these movies, there's some sort of sound. You know, Negan had the whistle. In the Hunger Games, they had the whistle thing. We have to have some sort of sound. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> These chips in the mic ain't going to work. <laughs> and that yurt was crazy, but that's the best sound ever. But it's going to yes. be too many people saying that, so we're going to get confused. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not like that. I'm going to know. <laughs> anyway, y'all should watch it. I can't wait for you to watch it to see what you have to. We have to have like a little segment about this. But the themes okay. of being sitting ducks, the, oh, the things that triggered me, being a sitting duck, being unprepared. Mm. Our relationship with control and uncertainty. Oh, God. And how dependent we are. How our every single move, survival is dependent on machines, technology. Oh, let me tell you. I was you. nauseated. I was like, let me tell I you. Went and I Googled, was... how do you not be attached to Google? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I was in Pittsburgh and my phone wouldn't turn on the day I was supposed to drive home. And I was like, Tina, go get your phone. I need to know how to do a hard reset. And I thought to myself, well, if this phone don't go on, baby, I can't look at a map. How you getting home? How I'm going to get home, child? Me can't do it. No. I was like, I can't do that. Tricky. I hope you have time on this break to watch that and then inspire me. I'm going to watch it. 
I'm gonna plan on watching it Friday. Hot shit. That was our hot shit. All right, y'all. Politics is usually well. We the Shanti. Antoinette and I felt um, that it was important to keep amplifying and bring attention to what's going on in Gaza. And I am fortunate enough to have very brilliant people in my life, very brilliant Palestinians in my life. And one of them is my friend Nihad Khadir. I did, did a bad job, but I'm a try and I tried. Um, but Nihad is a friend of mine. She is a filmmaker, curator, editor, and writer whose work in film informs her work as a historian. She's trained in media and literature by Black and Palestinian creators. She is the festival director of Black Star Film Festival, which is no small title, title at all. Um, again, she is a friend, and after we did our best, um, Antoinette did so much research for our episode around uh, the history of Palestine and Israel, and Nihad reached out, and she was like, you guys did a great job, but also there's a lot more that should be brought up, and I'm really, really honored, um, one, that especially in this tender tender, tender moment that you have the capacity um, and the generosity to talk to us more and um, to share your experience so that people continue to uh, bring their attention and most importantly, their concern and action um, towards hopefully bringing some change or continuing to bring awareness around um, what's going on in Gaza. So Nihad, you're also thousands of miles away. It's what, 11, 10, 30, uh, where you are. So welcome. And again, thank Wait, you so much for you? being here. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for coming on. Sorry. <laughs> thank you. But I, I am a Philly girl. Um, yeah. Just a little yeah, far Philly. these days. Yeah. So much um, of your identity and who you are Um is informed by your Palestinian identity. Yes, you are a Philly girl, but it took you and your family so much to get to Philly and for you to have that title. Can you just share a little bit um, about your, your family's history so people can kind of understand the context from which you speak? Yeah, I mean, thank you for having me on here. And I wanna say that it is also a duty um, to keep talking about this and to keep fighting for the end of a genocide um, and the end of contemporary settler colonialism. Um, and But it's also an honor uh, to be here with you. Um, my family's history is very much tied up in the history that Antoinette had mentioned in, in the, the episode where, um, you know, she delved really deeply into the history, but... Um, my family is indigenous to Palestine. We're from a village uh, southeast of Haifa in the Karmel Mountains, um, which I think has some biblical significance for folks who um, know the Bible. Um, but more importantly, uh, it's now a destroyed village. Um, my, my family has been there historically for a very long time. Um, you know, even kind of genetically we're from that region when we did testing. Um, but also, 
um, you know, in 1948, um, in January 1948, actually, uh, an, an Israeli um, battalion uh, of, of militia, so not yet military, not yet Israeli occupation forces, because the state of Israel didn't exist yet, but uh, a, a militia uh, came into the village and attempted to um, depopulate it, ethnically cleanse um, my people from their land. Um, and at the time in January, 1948, my people fought back, um, and were able to uh, defeat that battalion. And a few months later on May 15th, 1948, which is the date, um, that the state of Israel was declared a state, um, the same battalion or maybe not the same battalion actually, but a, uh, a Zionist militia, uh, entered the village again. This time, um, they were more armed. You know, they had been armed and trained by the British for decades at that point. Um, they had put down Palestinian rebellion before, you know, in 1936 to 1939, uh, there was a, a revolt of peasants, of Palestinian peasants, um, against the British and the Zionists, because we were very aware from the late 1800s that, um, that there was a, a a project, a colonial project that was coming uh, to our land. And, you know, the early Zionists called it colonialism. They called it the, the colonizing of mm -hmm. Palestine. Um, they put it in that letter, right? Absolutely. What uh, was that letter? The Balfour Declaration, which is the... Well, not that one. There was a letter in the late 1800s. The, they, uh, the Jewish was, like some letter to yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't know if you're, I don't know the letter necessarily, but there is a, a manifesto that was written by Theodore Herzl, who's considered to be the father of contemporary political Zionism called the Jewish mm -hmm. state. Um, and Ze'ev Jabotinsky, also another sort of contemporary uh, founder of uh, modern uh, political Zionism also called this uh, a colonizing project, and they worked with the British, you know, the 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 greatest colonizers at the time, um, mm -hmm. to 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 gain a foothold uh, in this land, um, and so, you know, historically, lots of people sought refuge and safety in Palestine. I don't know if folks are aware of that, um, but Armenians escaped genocide and came to Palestine. Um, Bosnians in the 1800s who were afraid of, uh, you know, there were the Austro-Hungarian wars, um, they requested to be relocated to a place where they felt safer. I mean, this is like 100 years before um, the genocide in Bosnia, uh, and a lot of them came to Palestine. Um, you know, uh, there's histories of uh, even, um, you know, Muslims coming from all over the world wanting to be closer to the Dome of the Rock, Christians coming from all over the world wanting to be closer to uh, the churches, the birthplace of Jesus, Jews coming from all over the world. Um, but the issue with Zionism is that it wasn't an attempt to relocate to a land and to live among the people who were there. It was a colonial project that was an ethno-exclusive colonial project and saw the mm -hmm. indigenous people um, as, you know, 
outside of this colonizing project. And so what Israel is, is a settler colonial state, which is a particular type of settler colonialism that necessitates that the indigenous people are always dying and always disappearing Mm -hmm. in order to replace them Mm -hmm. entirely. Um, And so that in 1948... Yahoo actually... Can I ask you a question really yeah, fast? Because yeah. I, I need to, I want to make sure I understand too. And Netanyahu actually, like, he's he's cited as like saying this, right? Like, this has come from his not recently, but like in like the, I don't know, maybe I, I was I've been reading up on this maybe like twenty years ago. He actually said this out his mouth, right? Absolutely about the uh, about the ethnic <clears throat> cleansing. Yeah, about the, the ethnic people. cleansing yeah. and basically the Palestinians needed basically needed to go mm-hmm. in order to make room that they mm-hmm. don't have value. Yeah, this is not a secret in Israeli state politics or even in Israeli society unfortunately. It's not um it's not something that's quiet or under the radar. This is how It's brazen, right? It's absolutely brazen. It's absolutely public. Um and fast forward to today, so what we talk about the the uh, ethnic cleansing of Palestine as the Nekba, but the Nekba was not an event in time. It's an ongoing event. It's an ongoing project yeah. that's yeah. still happening. And you can see, you can look at and consider what's happening in Gaza today as a continuation of the project of the ethnic cleansing of Palestine, the removal of all Palestinian people. And what law experts are saying now is that, you know, people are talking about genocide and how do you prove genocide? And one of the hardest things, I'm learning a lot about, you know, law and how this all functions. But what I've learned is one of the hardest things uh, to prove in order to prove a genocide is intent, the intent Mm. to commit genocide. And in this case, the its intent has been proven over and over again by the mm-hmm. public mm-hmm. statements mm-hmm. that are coming out mm-hmm. of the Zionist state, uh, from the politicians, the military personnel, and on and on. It's interesting that you talk about intent, and this is just an aside. I was I was watching Amal Clooney, um, the she's like a humanitarian legal activist. And she's actually working with victims of the, oh God, who is it? Is it the Taliban? No, it's not. I, ISIS. Mm. Victims of ISIS who, um, I forget who it is, the United something or other, not us, but like some United Nations kind of thing. They actually sued them. They actually sued a French company that's, that directly supplied money and concrete to ISIS in order to build these tunnels where they were committing genocide. I forget against um, the people, I'm gonna pronounce their names wrong, but one of the women actually won the Nobel Peace Prize and all that, and Amal Clooney is now stepping in and finding all of the people that have been displaced and helping them sue this company um, because the company has been found liable and they admitted to it. And I, I was watching that program and thinking to myself, how are we not doing this for the people of Gaza? Mm-hmm. Like, how are we not doing this for the people of the West Bank? It's all documented history. And that's why I keep asking you about, like, people have said this, right? Because when I, when I get into these conversations, I'm like, well, this is, this is brazen. This isn't like something, because 
you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're liberal, you're this, you're that, that's your interpretation. It's like, that's not my interpretation. That's actually what people in the um, Israeli government, that's what they say. And mm-hmm. that's like what they're standing by. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. There's a deep intentionality. So, uh, it's just confusing to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a deep intentionality to it. And Palestinians have been... <laughs> Palestinians have been fighting for our lives for a hundred years at this point, right? And and you know, it's important to also recognize that it's a hundred years, not a thousand years, not five hundred years. This mm-hmm. is not um, this is not like uh, ancient, you know, unresolvable, mm-hmm. complicated. Mm-hmm. It's none of that. This is contemporary colonialism and 21st century genocide playing out on television. It's, it's easier to frame it as such, to frame it as this thousand year religious conflict because that makes it's, that makes intent more difficult to prove. That makes people not want to get as involved Absolutely. and not see it for a land grab that it is. It, yeah, that's such an important point. And, and again, I, I was traveling this weekend with folks talking to, to people who I find to be very intelligent, highly intelligent, critical thinkers, liberal-minded, and they they rejected that idea so much based off of how we view Arab nations and what's been painted over here is like these big bad Arabs yeah. want to, you know, blow you up because they hate your God or they hate this. And it's like, that's not it. And so I guess how do... And I want to let you finish because you brought that up. It's like, how do we, how do we fix that messaging? How do we, like, where do we start in that conversation? Because there's so much, um, you're just met with, with so much resistance. It's not, it's misinformation. It's just like, okay, if you guys want to play by law, these are all the laws that are being broken. You know what I mean? If you want to talk about history, here are the clear facts in history. It's very similar to the way folks respond to the Black American experience. It's like this, they glaze over and it's this um, rewritten history in a way. There's two different histories that are being told and one is rooted in fact and often rooted in an oppressed experience, like real experience, and another is rooted in this um, denial and often um, this inability to be accountable to your racist ideas and your the way that you want to hold on to the white supremacist like ideology of and fruits of white supremacy. Yeah, but people, if, if that's not your baseline, if that's not your baseline understanding around um, power dynamics, around oppression, around colonialism, if you can't agree on this base fact, then I don't, there's, there's history is, is rewritten and there's two different narratives, um, which feels really I think disheartening and frustrating. And I feel like a lot of, I think that's a, a way that so many oppressed people can connect with Palest- Palestinians in a way. Those that they, there is this opportunity for folks to unite and be like, oh, this same shit's happening to you mm-hmm. as well. 
Um, and if you could speak about that a little bit as well, because I think a lot of Black Americans in particular who are just understanding and learning about this may not understand those parallels and how there is this underlying um, power dynamic and, and that, that usurps law and usurps you humanity in a way that we all have to like recognize and fight against. And like, there's this bigger call for resistance and that's why we can't forget. That's why we have to keep going. You all touched on so much. I'm going to try to, um, Try to be Sorry. like, Sorry. no, no, <laughs> I had no, no question there. <laughs> I'm going to try to be systemic. But um, I think what you said about uh, racialization um, and the black American mm. experience is so important because in a lot of ways, um, you know, I grew up in Philly. Um, I grew up in black community and I learned about racialization in the United States before I understood it. Um, I understood how it functions against Arabs and Palestinians and Muslims. And I'm watching this, you know, now. Um, mm. And again, like also in the past, but really what racialization does is um, it's a systemic dehumanization of people. And it justifies mm. that um, extrajudicial murder of certain people. And this is, we, we see it play out in the United States all the time. Um, you know, like all the narratives that you'll hear when, um, when a black person, man or woman, um, or non-binary or child or child, um, gets murdered. Just the narrative around it is so absurd. And, and the way that the law functions is so absurd that we all understand the absurdity of it. And yet there's been a very systemic, I mean, this is what racialization does. It systemically dehumanizes us um, to make it so that we're expected to die. We are expected to be killed. We are expected to suffer. We're expected to experience oppression. That's our experience. And, you know, when you think about like the settler colonial framework, you think about the history of this country, particularly around land theft and around slavery. Um, and you think about like the narratives of savagery, right? Like we, we read um, black literature and this is why, you know, I'm trained in literature and cinema and I always go back to that because that's where narratives are formed. That's what's so foundational. Um, and so, you know, reading black literature, um, reading about the history of indigeneity, you understand like this language around, um, savagery, this language around, um, you know, uh, monsters, this, uh, even if you think more contemporarily, this idea of a super predator, right? Like this is all part of that language of dehumanization and, and black people, Indigenous people, Palestinians are just as human as anybody else, right? Like, and we have such a depth of history and we have such a depth of culture um, and we love our people and we love ourselves and we love each other and we take care of each other. And for people to decimate us like that, 
It's so infuriating. And for the law to not even function appropriately, like where is, I mean, where are the genocide conventions in this moment? What, what has been the writing of these? Where is, there's international law, there's human rights law, and none of it can be invoked because of this very long history of dehumanization. But it also comes back to this desire for our resources, labor resources, mm -hmm. land resources, mm -hmm. natural mm -hmm. resources. And that's why, you know, one of the empowering things in this moment is to let this moment radicalize you. Let this moment be an education. I've been learning so much about the Democratic Republic of Congo. I've been learning mm -hmm. so much about Haiti. I've been learning so much about Sudan because I feel Sudan. like these yeah. are all intrinsic processes of some form of colonialism, some form of dehumanization and abuse that allows this to continue happening. And so if Palestine can radicalize you in this moment and can make you consider how all of these places are connected, how all of the abusers are connected, um, you know, it is in the interest of the people who are producing weapons to keep you on the fence or neutral or unsure or um, be believing that, oh, well, the Muslims are, are scary. The Palestinians are scary. They're, they're predatory. They're, you know, all of these narratives that they've been um, spinning about my people um, because... The, the weapons that get tested on the people of Gaza right now, the weapons that get tested on the Palestinians who are in prison, those get used in the, in the American prison system. Mm -hmm. Those get sent to Sudan for mm -hmm. the ongoing um, uh, war that's happening, the civil war that's unfolding and, and an ongoing genocide as well. Um, those weapons, the, I mean, our, our weapons are flooding Haiti. So these are questions that we have to think about, um, that like, who is responsible for spinning these narratives and what is it that they want? What are they benefiting and gaining off of this? And how big is the weapons industry? If there's an industry for weapons, it means that there always has to be weapons in use. These are very powerful people. And if their weapons aren't being used, they're not making money. So these are, I mean, this is where drawing connections between us as in how, do, how are our struggles connected? How, are, how have our people been similarly be, been dehumanized is half, is going halfway. The other half is understanding how those systems that oppress us use that oppression as to cyclically continue oppressing us, how they're making money off of our oppression is really important. When you figure out that the same surveillance systems that are used against Palestinian prisoners in Palestine are the same surveillance mechanisms that are being used against predominantly black communities in the United States, the puzzle pieces start to fit in and then you have to care because you figure out that my liberation is intrinsically tied up in your liberation and there's no mm -hmm. two ways about that. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, there is something, I, I think, I keep thinking about Asada Shakur's 
it is our duty to fight for our freedom. It is our duty to win. I feel like I'm understanding better what it means for that to be our duty. Mm. It's not just a thing, a fad, something that we can consider. No, she says it's our duty. I mean, that's a very, that's a big statement. And I've been sitting with that and thinking about it and trying to under, I mean, I've read it so long ago, but right now it feels so much more it feels so much more present and urgent um, because I'm understanding what it means for that to be our duty. Yeah. We are talking about narratives. And so today, um, again, some, some folks accused me of only seeing one side of this conflict and not trying to see another. And they were talking about, you know, on 60 Minutes recently, they had, the, I forget her name now, the Israeli hostage, one of the women who's been released, she was recently released, and she was talking about her experience. She was talking about how um, when she was captured, that when she was brought into Gaza, um, you know, people cheered, they were banging on the trucks in, in celebration that she was there. She was fearful of being raped. There's reports that some women were raped, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I made it a point to make sure that I watched and listened um, because it's not that I don't think anyone on this call is not empathetic to what Israeli hostages are dealing with and all of the victims of what happened on the 7th, obviously. But I watched that and I thought to myself, hmm, more of that narrative, that savage Palestinian narrative, because the only place I see images of these abhorrent like Israeli soldiers celebrating, you know, marching people through the street, the men through the street naked, killing unarmed Palestinians just like in 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 celebrating that um like very openly brazen egotistically and I'm just like this is not what's being covered now we slowly see some of the headlines some of the narrative beginning to change we see even Joe Biden some of his now he's speaking out a little more publicly about how Palestinian civilians need to be considered or not Palestinian. He doesn't say the word, that word, um, these, the citizens of Gaza, the civilians need to be considered, you know, Israel needs to have more restraint, yada, yada, yada. Right. While still supplying the weapons. And so he's doing this, this juggle of like Netanyahu won't fuck this double speak. And also Netanyahu won't fucking listen but I also can't afford to lose this ally because I need control in, in that area. And it's just all fucked up. But my main thing is this narrative. And that's where I'm like, how, when I speak about it, and I'm, I'm not effective. I'm not effective with people who don't agree with me or who aren't open to agreeing with me. And so I'm wondering if you are more effective because I want to be more effective. And I don't, I truly don't know how to have a conversation with them besides literally taking my phone out and showing the images. Oh, well that, you know, Antoinette, it's war, Mm. you know, it's terrible. It's all terrible. And it's just like, I'm not being effective. You're not even being open to what I'm saying. And you're not recognizing that this is, this is strategic the way that this narrative is playing out. This is, this is 
all for a reason that we're fed this information and this propaganda. And while yes, it is, it might be true, but there's a, there's also more information that you're, that is being withheld. Yeah. And not even history right now. And that's what I kept saying is like, I don't need to go back a hundred years to show you how Israel has been killing, murdering, and and been colonizing these people. We can go back to October sixth. Yeah. If you really want to talk about it, talk we can go back to yesterday. Yeah. Like it's ongoing. And I'm I'm just not effective in that. So I'm just wondering hmm. Great what question. do what Hard what is question. the conversation? Can you solve all of this for us on this call? <laughs> Basically what I just said so you. Sorry. I'm sorry. So I just sorry. hurt myself. I mean, I'm I, I'm empathetic to your struggle because I I have no idea how to talk to people who have like a very basic, like have a baseline of dehumanizing um, people and believe mm. that. I, I have no idea. I I don't have a lot of people like that around me. If I do, they keep quiet. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm. I just don't think I do. I've always been so loud and proud um, around Palestine. And I feel like folks have... Um, you know, self, uh, they've navigated that. Yeah. Or, or have, self-edited. you know, or they've moved on, right? Like they, they've moved on if, cause that, cause that's my humanity. And so if, if people have like a basic issue with seeing Palestinians as humans, they have a basic issue with seeing me as a human. Um, right. and so, you and know, I feel if, but I feel that way about myself. That's how connected we are. If it you is. have a it's, baseline they, issue, yeah, they have seeing the same, Palestinians yes, as humans, you have human. the same understanding of black the black experience, and exactly. it's like. I, but I also think it's so dope. The universe is wild that it's like you. We have to unravel this thing. Yeah, your your politics and what you actually believe. You cannot hide any longer like we have to be 10 toes down we have to understand exactly how my family how this person feels um and they need to be stripped we all need to be made vulnerable in a way to reconcile with what we believe which is which is hard which is sad which is scary which is a defining moment in people's families friendships love affairs countries in so many ways um yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I, this is a very, another hard question, <laughs> but again, I think it is requiring us all to strip in a way. And the, the ultimate goal or the ultimate ask the duty is action, right? On all different levels. Mm-hmm. And so we have this huge um, election coming up. And I felt so sick, even in Philly, in the uh, mayor election for who I voted for, because, again, her politics, what she believes, what she supports, represents so much to me. And she's I'm talking about the um, the Democrat candidate who was pro Palestine, pro Israel and was you know, ten toes down in, in saying that in such a pivotal time. And I was sick um, that there's this feeling of disempowerment. There's this feeling of nothing's going to change. And me, 
the way I'm set up is like, yo, fuck this. This isn't going to work. I'm not putting my energy. There has to be another way. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering, <clears throat> similar to what you said about the ways in which you feel Palestinians feel abandoned mm. and dismissed and, and the, the entire world is turning their backs on them. Um, how does that affect your politics and how you want to vote and how you think that people can be immobilized in a way? To me, I just feel so hopeless and I feel like, yo, this is, this shit can't be real. This just can't be real. But I know that you're and Antoinette are, are far more pragmatic and reasonable. And I'm just curious no. as to what the conversation is um, in your life and in your heart. Well, I, I don't feel abandoned Around by politics. Yeah, I don't feel abandoned by people. I feel abandoned okay. by governments. I think Palestinians definitely That's feel what I meant. Abandoned. I meant yeah. to say that. Yeah, completely. Complete. I mean, by governments, by the law, by the structures, by the United yeah. Nations. Like yeah. nobody has power to step in during a genocide. And everybody, after the fact, I know that 10 years from now, this is going to be basic. It's like, apartheid 10 year you know like yeah. when that shit fell it was basic like everybody when i was in johannesburg and there was a book it was like the abcs of apartheid a was for apartheid and they defined it as and this was really funny they defined it as a metaphysical impossibility because anybody you ask today was against apartheid back when it was happening right mm -hmm. like People participate in these systems, systems of apartheid, systems of genocide, et cetera, et cetera. But you make it immoral enough to the point where 10 years down the line, everybody is going to have been against the genocide. Every, you're not going to find anybody, except today we have receipts because we have social media. Exactly. But everybody is going to fall in line at some point. And so I don't feel abandoned by people. I don't feel abandoned by... Um, a lot of folks are doing their research right now and they're allowing themselves also to learn about what else is happening in the world and to make it their business um, to stop this ongoing genocide, to think about like what are creative ways that I stop participating in buying a lot of new technologies so that I'm not supporting the genocide that's happening in Congo, right? Like, so we're all thinking about these things yeah. right now. And that's what I hold on to because you, I need something to hold on to. I think I can't imagine what it's like to be in Gaza right now. I, I, I go to sleep mm -hmm. thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. Everything in my day makes me think about like, what would it be like if I were in Gaza right now? I mean, when, when you go to the bathroom, you think like, what is it like for people to find bathrooms in? They can't. They can't. They can't. They can't. They can't. They are at more risk of dying from disease now than dying from these airstrikes. I was going to say, Dr. Darian Sutton on, on, on Instagram just did a really clear, um, you know, post about you know, very just detailing. I mean, aside from all the doctors in Gaza who've been talking about it and the physicians all over the world. Um, but like, you know, more, this is more proof of genocide. Like this is how disease, 
was weaponized in North America to, mm-hmm. to decimate indigenous communities here. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much of it is hopeless. Shanti, I'm so sorry. I'm like going down the hopeless path again. But I think, um, I think like we have each other. And that's, that's what people send me these messages of solidarity. And I feel like, I feel like all of us are Palestinian at this point, all of us who care about this. I've never felt like there were more Palestinians around me than now. Um, people just continue to push. And I, I saw CNN do a report yesterday. I was like, this is, I can't believe this is CNN. Why is CNN doing a report? Cause you, cause you know, CNN now. <laughs> They're going to lose you know, CNN. They're going to lose viewers. They're going to lose money. Baby. Because yeah. why do you think they Antoinette? are? I'm is, curious. They are pro-Israel. What? Absolutely. They are, child, ask Mark Lamont Hill why. They got his ass the fuck out of there. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Absolutely. Walt Blitzer, he was on some Zionist, like, um, in some Zionist group. Absolutely. Proud Zionist. Absolutely. Play with me. And yet they're falling in, even CNN is falling in line to a degree. But I think that's because it's becoming immoral. Like it's because of us. It's because of all the people speaking out and demanding it. Okay. Yeah. We're pushing. Shining a light. It's too slow. And the governments aren't responding. The U.S. Congress. I mean, I'm like, y'all are unmoved, completely unmoved. And part of me, Shanti, the the hopeless staffers aren't though the, the staffers staff- are walk, walking out the u.s their staffers are walking out and putting pressure on them absolutely so we have to keep this up i'm sorry i'll shut up no 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 i mean you're right like thank you for bringing the hope back into it because we we need it we need that it's not fast enough for what people in gaza no. need right now and i feel like we're failing them every day i feel like i'm failing them every day i think people mm-hmm. every day everywhere feel that and at the same time there's a shift that i've never seen before yeah i've never seen this before yeah so i i don't know i mean i think yeah the us politics have to change like that that is where that's the real power but we have power too it's slower a ton of it. you know but we have we that. have a ton of power especially in an election year especially they, in an these election democrats year. are scared shitless to lose their quote-unquote democracy to trump yeah and if they keep they keep seeing these numbers fall for biden and and a large part of it is based off of his age a large part of it is based off of the economy, which I looked at my 401k, that shit booming now. And then a large part of it is based off of his response to this conflict. Yeah. And that's young people. And something else that people need to understand, the more and more you see these, you know, these college presidents being bombarded un- unfairly. I mean, that, that was a setup the way that that hearing went on Congress, the more you see that you have to realize these young people who are able to vote now, they've only known a Netanyahu Mm -hmm, Israel. mm -hmm. They don't know anything else besides this very far left, excuse me, far right approach. Mm -hmm. This very, um, I don't have the, the words, but this, um, what is it? Radical, approach to fuck Palestinians and these young people have power and these young people have energy. And so that energy can't just be 
on social media and in the marches, that's great. But you have to mobilize with your vote. You have to threaten their votes and they will shift. And we're seeing the proof of that. Mm -hmm. The fact that Biden came out and said what he said against Netanyahu and how Netanyahu is handling this now, that shit was all happening behind the scenes with the secretary of state. But you better believe it Mm -hmm. because they did not want this and they don't want a larger conflict. But now that Netanyahu is not listening, then you take the next step of coming out publicly. And and now you have con- you do have Congress people speaking out and saying, what, what's the plan here? And how Biden, Biden knows that this could be the defining factor of his presidency, how he handles this. And everyone's watching. Mm. I wouldn't want to be in his position, but this, this is where instead of hope, I don't offer hope. Because I think humanity is fucked and every day I'm saddened by the way that we operate. But I do offer activation. I do challenge that. And whatever we can do, we need to do. Whether it's coming on this podcast and talking, if that's what we can do, that's what we can do. If Mm -hmm. you have the time to go out and organize, go do that. But do something. That's that's just where I'm at. and money, money, money. There's a there's a Baltimore money. rapper. Divest. There, divest. 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 <laughs> boycott. Like your money, that's your vote. You know, and it's it's how it's the holiday season. Um, you know, and, and think about like where you're putting your money and think about where you're not gonna put your money. There's a a, a, a Baltimore rapper, I can't I'm not remembering his his name right now, but he says, hit him with the pockets and they'll meet with you tonight, right? Like that's, Mm. that's what matters to, and I, I don't want to live in a world where the bottom line is the dollar. I don't like that, but currently it is. I hope that we can, I hope we can change that. that You just laid out the fact that people are building weapons to make money. Well, guess what? Montgomery bus boycott. We got some laws changed based off the fact that we not riding your fucking buses. Absolutely. So if it's money, we'll meet you there. Mm-hmm. And the and the black and brown dollar in this country speaks goes volumes, far. which which demands a deeply personal self audit and like mm. priority. And then it, and you know this idea of duty, um, vigilance. Um, then it becomes this personal decision making that we all have to reckon with and we all have to uh be accountable and a general understanding of what the businesses people don't know where certain businesses stand yeah you know it's sometimes you go and you get something and it's out of habit and then you find out like oh shit this is what you know like how i was driving a nine-hour drive about to fall asleep wanted starbucks so bad wanted that chai tea latte i had to go get a red bull and i thought to myself i don't know if red bull is a fucked up company either they are all fucked up. Yeah. But in this moment, I can't I can't support Starbucks, so I'll go here. Mm-hmm. But do you have a resource where people can find the different businesses where we can divest or we can support like or maybe you can follow up with us or we can I've looked and I I'm falling on social media posts that I don't always trust. Yeah, I can send you the best resource that has like the trusted, like targeted boycotts. Um, and that could be something you could maybe put into the uh, the description. The description. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. I do want to ask you, because I'm, re- I'm reading the um, Hundred Years War on Palestine, the history of the settler colonialism and resistance, right? By Rashid Khalidi. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Yeah. My former boss, I actually. Say it right. I saw your face. Is that your former boss? Yes. 
I hope he was a good one. Don't be tricky. <laughs> um, but I want to ask you, what are some of the things that we got wrong, that I got wrong, that you would that you want to clarify on here? I think it's very important because I said as a disclaimer, I did my best, but there's a lot. And I know I got some stuff wrong. So if you could clarify or do your thing, that would be really great. I think the most important thing is the clarity with which um, what was happening before 1948 from the late 1800s until 1948 was a settler colonial movement. Um, And that the folks who were coming, the settlers who were coming from Europe were well aware that they were taking um, other folks' land. Um, that that was that was clear to them, and it was clear to the to the Palestinians as well, to the indigenous people, what was happening. Um, what what the the power um, the dis, the disproportionate power was in the fact that the colonizers were being trained and funded by the British. Whereas the indigenous people were not. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also um, when the UN in 1947 came and said, we'll split this land, you know, we'll Mm -hmm. do a, it was a 40 something percent and a 53% split. Um, Mm -hmm. You're talking about a land that the Palestinians owned. This is Palestinian land. So splitting it in half is an injustice. You're still taking my land. Right? It's a complete, people are like, well, you know, it was going to be half and half. And it's like, well, how are you going to take 50% of my land? Like it's, it's my land. It's my land. And over the past hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, many people have come to this. The history of um, the planet, the history of human existence is the history of migration. People have migrated in and out of places and before borders, People were coming and going everywhere as they pleased. And a lot of people came to Palestine because they wanted to be closer to whatever holy um, site that they, you know, they were interested in, whether they were Jews or Palestine or, or uh, sorry, whether they were Jews or Muslims or Christians, they wanted to be closer to their holy sites. And so it attracted a lot of different people. A lot of people came to be safer from wherever they were. Um, but the Zionist movement, in particular, was not uh, accidental in the way that it was taking land. Um, and also, the ethnic cleansing, as it's, it didn't start in 1947. So this is, this is not, this is a mistake that I think people generally talk about, um, that like 1948 was an ethnic cleansing. The ethnic cleansing started well before that. People were being dispossessed of their lands um, from the late 1800s onwards. 19, late 1947 to early 1949 was a concentrated period of ethnic cleansing. Mm. And it was done through also, um, a, 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 it, called, it, it was something called Plan D. It was a military strategy by the Zionist militias. Um, and there, there are Israeli historians who have documented this. Um, and I will say that both Benny Morris, who is a Zionist, and Ilan Pape, who is an anti-Zionist, both Israeli historians, because they're the ones with access to the documents, 
um, they both say that there was a systemic ethnic cleansing that happened at that time. And that Plan D was Ben-Gurion's, who was the first prime minister of Israel, um, was his sort of planned and systemic way of getting rid of, at the time it was 800,000 Palestinians. That was the wave um, with which my family was ethnically cleansed, expelled from Palestine. Um, and so really just the intentionality behind the expulsion of the Palestinian people and their dispossession. And then what happened after that, after 1948, is that the borders were closed to Palestinians until today. The vast majority of Palestinians, the vast majority, cannot enter Palestine because they have been, they've become uh, refugees and they have refugee status. And that refugee status prohibits them from entering Palestine. So like this is a intentional process of ethnic cleansing because if the Palestinians come back, it's a, it, you know, if, if you give Palestinians a vote, if this is, you know, a, a lot of what people want now, Palestinians is one state solution. This is like, you hear this a lot. Never going to happen. It, you, it, you out you outnumber them. It it can. I mean, one state. No, it can. But I'm saying Israel will never have it. No, because think. if you give everybody a vote, the Palestinians want one state that is a secular state, and you know, mm -hmm. I, and I can't say this is kind of the 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 Palestinian uh, solution the, the solution that a lot of Palestinians hold near and dear. One state, mm -hmm. secular, one vote for every person. I mean, imagine if it was a secular place, if it was a place where people who are dedicated to the holiness of this land, even not, I'm not even talking about its religiosity. I'm talking about like the holiness of every land and the holiness of every people. If every person had a vote to make a, you know, this form of self-determination, if we removed settlements, if we removed walls, if we removed checkpoints, if 2.2 million people were not stuck in Gaza, 80% of them, their homes are in what we call 48 Palestine, which is today, you know, considered widely to be Israel. Those folks shouldn't be in Gaza. Their lands are inaccessible to them. They're right there, but completely inaccessible right. to them. So the ongoing... Um, dispossession of Palestinians is just as intentional as the original ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians. None of it was um, by accident. None of it just sort of happened. Um, no. Just as much as the ethnic cleansing in the United States, in North America, was fully intentional as well. This is just a 21st century version of it. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, with yeah. like really i mean the war crimes are just innumerable at this point in gaza and in the west bank frankly i mean we don't we're not talking a lot about the west bank but yeah yeah nihad thank you so very much for coming on and uh sharing with us your brilliance and i hope that you don't go to bed thinking that you're failing your people because you're not by any mm -hmm. means. I think that this is a matter of the heart. 
in a lot of ways. Mm. Again, we can talk about facts and figures. You can lay out everything. But it's really a call for people's heart to be broken in a specific way mm. and to really um, unite as, as one. As, it's, it's a call for humanity. Right. And unfortunately, we have no power over, what, over that process. Um, but I thank you. Um, we have learned so much. I've learned so much. Uh, and it's, again, a call for me to, to see my humanity in the Palestinian folks um, and my liberation in the Palestinian folks and my accountability to that. Uh, and that it's a it's a slow process. It's a slow process, and it breaks your heart, and it's hard. And I'm sorry. And I just hope you're feeling loved up on by the people around you, and you have so many folks in your life that are so close to that nightmare. And it's I just can't imagine. But sending you lots of love, and um. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Antoinette, for all the work that you've put into sharing this story and amplifying it for people. And I hope that we all just keep on learning and even deeper than that, unlearning so much mm -hmm. uh, darkness. It's dark. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's like it's a dark energy that we is can't hide anymore. It just can't hide. Um, be and before yeah. you go, before you um, go, I don't know if you do. You want anyone to follow you? Do you want our list to share where our listeners can find you? If you want, you don't have to. Or folks that you want to be followed, representatives. Yes, there are. Um, there are so many Palestinians in Gaza um, who we should be following. Um, Bisan uh, Aude, whose handle is Wizard underscore bisan b-i-s-a-n one um motaz azaize m-o-t-a-z a-z-a-i-z-a something like that i'll send um i'll send there yeah send the list and we'll put it in both of those folks i'm familiar with as well yeah and a few others but i also really first thank you both so so much i'm i'm sorry if i talked a lot or went over time. I want to give no, a no, really no. the biggest shout out to the Black American internationalist tradition and the Black American radical tradition, because that has been the biggest source of education for me growing up historically, just as much as um, Palestinian, um, uh, the Palestinian radical tradition, the Palestinian um, uh, uh, movement has been an education for me. I think uh, Black America has so much that it's uh, untangled and analyzed and taught all of us. Um, so I just want to uh, give credit where it's due. And that is really a source of education um, and can continue to be for all of us as well. Word. Heard you. Thank you. All right. Tell Thank everybody so I say hey. <laughs> I will. And uh, we'll connect after this. Thank you. Chala. Thank you. Thank you. That was wonderful. That feels good. Um, in this clip, 
we, excuse me, in this episode, as stated before, we are going to include all of the resources that Ni had mentioned, um, as well as the, excuse me, Palestinians that are in Gaza, trapped in Gaza, and are documenting moment by moment, um, and sharing again the facts and the actual experiences of the Palestinians in this moment for you to follow and for you to um, turn to for information. So check out for that. Thank you so much for bringing her on. She's incredible. Um, Okay. Well, pop culture, y'all. Today is Monday, December 18th. A little earlier. Sentencing came in for Jonathan Majors. The jury found Jonathan Majors guilty of assault in the third degree and harassment in the second degree. This is one misdemeanor and one violation. So assault in the third degree is the lowest tier of assault charges. Mm. It occurs when someone inflicts physical injury, a bodily impairment or substantial pain to another person or on another person. The injury can be intentionally inflicted, but it can also result from reckless or criminal negligence. Mm. I'll be really clear here. Yep. I was disheartened by the clickbait headlines of many media sources, many of which deleted their initial tweets on Twitter after people wrote under there, this is so misleading. Mm. This is so misleading the Ooh. way that you've positioned this. The guilty because Jonathan Majors. It was just guilty. Jonathan Majors guilty of assaulting girlfriend, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. While he is guilty, yes, of a third degree harassment charge, mm-hmm. he is not guilty of the following charges. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me find that shit. He was found not guilty of intentional assault in the third degree Mm -hmm. and not guilty of aggravated harassment in the second degree. Mm -hmm. Aggravated harassment in the second degree is a New York crime that punishes individuals who engage in certain actions that are intended to annoy, threaten, or cause another person fear for their safety. Okay. So basically what it seems like is that the jury split the baby here and said, all right, you did some shit, bro. Now, we don't know if you intended to do it, but something was wrong with that girl. And you're somehow liable in this. So intention is really important, I think, in this. Um, and while he is absolutely guilty of these charges because he was found guilty of them, it also said it didn't clarify that one of the charges is not even a misdemeanor. It's literally a violation. So here we are and I, and I'm sitting here and I looked on Twitter and I was like, you know what? I don't want to say this because I know what I'm going to get accused of. But I said, what did I say? Hold on. Cause I'm gonna read it verbatim. Cause I, I, I just, it was bothering me. And I said, y'all realize these are misdemeanor charges, right? Not caping more confused on how little folks uh, take time to read before responding. Because everybody's just reposting like, damn, this nigga's out of here. That's what I thought. Throw him in jail. Throw him in jail. Right. And that and that's when I sent you those two articles. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And I and in my review of it, because I kept thinking to myself, well, 
was he found guilty on all the charges? What are the assault what were the charges? charges? Mm-hmm. Because assault sounds like, oh, you punch somebody yeah. in the face. That's how yeah. we see it. Mm-hmm. But a third degree assault is not necessarily that. that I didn't can even be... know that existed, Antoinette. A third degree assault. Right. Because they didn't even say what right. charges right. he was not in the headline. You know, the headline is supposed to be clickbait, but so much or so many people now don't even click. They just read the headline, repost it, talk their shit and keep going. Um, this is obviously not what the defense wanted. Mm-hmm. They said that they were disheartened. Um, his defense attorney did release a statement. I can read that too. Cause I don't want to be accused and no bullshit. Cause I'm going to say how I feel in a bit, but let me read that jump. Um, <clears throat> She said, it's clear that the jury did not believe Grace Jabari's story of what happened in the SUV because they found that Mr. Majors did not intentionally cause any injuries to her. We are grateful for that. We are disappointed, however, that despite not believing Ms. Jabari, the jury nevertheless found that Mr. Majors was somehow reckless while she was attacking him. Mr. Majors is grateful to God, his family, his friends, and his fans for their love and support during these harrowing eight months you know, yada, yada, yada. He looks forward to fully clearing his name. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the audio that came out where, you know, we, I don't know what that thumb is, but it's bothering me. The audio that came out, the, um, the text, the audio that came out that actually, well, first the audio that actually gave us more insight into the Coretta Scott King, Michelle Obama, conversation Uh the texts Mm -hmm. right that were revealed Mm -hmm. where he definitely seemed like he was covering something Mm -hmm. up when those texts came out it just felt like he's fucking guilty that's it then the michelle obama stuff came out and that was funny ha 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 people had a good time with it then the video came out and people were like wait (laughs) hold up he running for his life and she seemed like the aggressor in the video to most people Disney responded, he's out. Damn. He's done. Damn. They said they, they've dropped him from the whole Kang um, thing. I don't even know if they're going to continue the Kang um, storyline because Disney has been struggling lately. Mm-hmm. They've been seeing terrible Marvel. numbers at the yep. box office. Yep. And so they might just go in a whole other direction yep. than the Kang direction. Some people are like, nah, Damson about to get their role. Who knows? What are your thoughts? I, I will be honest and say this made me sad. And it's not that I don't believe this woman and I don't believe women um, when they say that they're victims of assault. I don't know what to believe. All I know is I felt a personal, I felt a, like I had a personal stake in his in his um, success, I was personally invested. I wanted to see him win. We've talked about that before. And I feel like there's so far and few of black actors who make it into that A-list space, who are revered for their skill, you know, who are revered for their their talent. And who I actually think deserve it because based off of their talent. And I just wanted to protect that. I wanted to see that blossom. I wanted and I don't, to see I don't that feel blossom. wrong for that. I don't feel no, wrong for that. No. It's disappointing. Uh-huh. And, and it's like, 
damn, John, damn. And it's also deeply conflicting because so many people are, people are really divided on this. A lot of people, men and women are like, how the fuck does he get, you know, any guilty charges for that? Because I don't give a fuck what those text messages say. Those text messages are from a prior incident that has nothing to do with the charges that he's being brought up on, which is Mm -hmm. this SUV incident. Mm -hmm. That's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And they're saying legally that's, that doesn't, they have the, the, the prosecution did not prove their case. Other people are like, no, that absolutely shows a pattern Mm -hmm. that shows who he is. That Mm -hmm. shows that this, this relationship was toxic. Mm -hmm. This relationship, you know, it seems that both of them have problems mm-hmm. that they need to that mm-hmm. they need to work out. Mm-hmm. But that he was the aggressor. He shouldn't have thrown her in that SUV. We don't. He's an actor. We don't believe the whole nine one one call either about how nervous he was. There's a lot of people that feel like that. And then there's people who are reposting this saying, "Oh, he's going to jail." And I'm like, "He's not going to jail. He get probation and a hefty fine as a community service. He's not going to jail based off of these little baby." I charges. mean, the the, but, the biggest. The, p- the most punitive loss is <clears throat> his, his career, his name, his reputation. Yeah. There are people, though, who have, and now here's the other conversation. I don't know the man's name, white guy or white presenting man who he's not a part of Disney, but he is a part of the DC world with Warner Brothers. He has horrific, horrific accusations against him of, of, um, Kidnapping recently uh, or of grooming? The These are recent. No, this is recent. These are recent accusations. I think they're Ooh. yeah. The accusations are. I don't know his name. Uh, Google that. DC star. Uh, what's his name? I had it up too. Uh, sex trafficking. And people are like, "Well, he kept his job. He chilling. Ezra. Yes." So, but that's not Disney. That's a whole different, West Warner Brothers. I don't know if Disney has other problematic people in their stuff, but people are like, you know, this is fucked up. I mean, look at Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson has been accused of all kinds of shit and and we've we've somehow forgiven him and he's back in our good graces. So is there hope and should there be? That's the thing. What is the pathway forward for Jonathan? Because I personally don't want to just cancel him. I'm I'm tired of that. That that's not helpful. And maybe I'm biased because I actually really want to see him win and really want to see him get whatever help it is that he needs. And he's 32 years old. He presents like an older man. He's 32, and it's just like there's got to be some space for him to fucking learn, right? Because I believe he's is not that- innocent. <clears throat> That's interesting. It's interesting. It's an interesting um, statement that you're making. I um, I too feel sad. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel. I I I don't know what the sentiment is. Damn, I don't know what that sentiment is. Damn. Um, yeah. Because yeah, he was at a precipice. He was not fully blossomed. He's a beautiful being. He is physically and presented you know um so much potential and hearing his own 
plans for himself and what he thought he represented to his community um, and that what he thought like he was going to be able to accomplish trip though. still, you know what I mean? I, I think a like, part of, chill. I think a part of that we all have as well. Whenever there is anybody that is black, that is in the public eye, that's doing very, very well. There is this, I'm rooting for you. I want, mm-hmm. you do represent excellence. You do represent the community. I don't know how off he was maybe cause he's saying it. That's maybe, maybe right. That's it. But, <clears throat> um, I just think it's very curious how we and and understandable and I'm in no place uh, separating myself from this as well. But it's just really curious how we pick and choose who is deserving of redemption and understanding that they're whatever error, whatever abuse or harm they've caused is because of. Is is can be corrected and should be corrected and um because he hasn't for instance, I know this is a very huge extreme and maybe this isn't the I understand that it's it's a huge extreme, but I, I think that there's something interesting uh, our collective um empathy and I, this idea of restorative justice, like an R. Kelly, that type of level of harm, and then this level of harm. He takes no accountability. But for I don't it, know that. It's... I don't know that. What's his name did either? Has he taken accountability? He's like, I ain't do nothing. I don't okay. have an anger problem. I don't have a, a history of abuse at all. I wonder I what had happened if he, if he. I, I. He submitted to having an anger issue. I am. I. And feel sorry for him, but I also understand and I think that the jury made the right decision because I don't think that he walked out of there having not done anything. Mm-hmm, I agree. And I think the the prior texts, although maybe they can't be used as evidence in this situation, can't be denied that there is a pattern there. But can I just interject? That's It's not about what how we feel about it and what we think. It's about the... The burden is on the prosecution to prove their case. That's what people are saying. And if this was a white person, the prosecution probably wouldn't have proven their case. It's not John. Oh, the that's what the, that's proof, what you do with just it's a race thing now. I didn't know that that was. Well, we that's what they're. For. Yeah, that's part of oh, it. I didn't the know. burden of proof is always on the prosecution. The defense just has to defend itself. The prosecution is supposed to prove without a reasonable doubt. And what people are saying is there is reasonable doubt in this case. A ton of it. Her story changed. You know, the video comes out. Like, there's the, she went out that night. She doesn't appear to be injured. What it, There's reasonable doubt here. Oh, so and that's what people are saying. You think that he... Whether he whether he is problematic or not, they didn't prove their case. And if this was a white person, it, they wouldn't have been charged. That's what some that's what some people are saying. Oh, well, when you look at it, I don't in, in I, legal I th- terms. I think I would probably feel. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I, just talking. I, I'm not saying for I my, if I were approach. in a jury, like I would feel like did I. Th- the the there it all feels wild. It all feels like a, a, mm-hmm. a it was a wild night with two people that were fueled and un not making sense. Toxic relationships, I think, are 
you know, um, a lot of sh- nonsensical shit can go down. Um, but, and I, I agree with you. I don't know I how don't know. you sit on a jury and, and you don't go with how you feel. I'd be a little swayed by those texts as well, if I'm being completely honest, but you're supposed, and you're coached on a jury to only look at it in the lens of the law. And I don't know. That shit's bullshit. I don't know. But the R. Kelly thing, to I'm, me, it's just... I don't know that they're comparable. I don't know that the offenses are comparable. I don't know if, a, you know, and I'm not at all trying to minimize what happened to this woman. I don't know if a scratch behind the ear and emotional abuse is comparable to sex trafficking, rape, it's and, not and like years of no, it. not the not the acts of it per se, but this idea of this person is unwell and needs help, and he should we should help him as well as have him be held accountable by the legal system because he's not a repeat offender yet. R. Kelly is a repeat offender who still won't take accountability. I might feel different if two years from now the same shit comes up with Jonathan Majors and he's still denying it. And then it's proven again and then again. And he's just getting away with it. R. Kelly was just getting away with it. I I, there to me there has to be some to me there has to be some space for folks for redemption for folks who are early on and who are not just these repeat offenders. R. Kelly's not a good example. He's too much of the devil. He's too, 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 too black in the white and black of the thing. But um, I, I'm not, and I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I think that I'm more swayed that that should be a part of the discourse and the conversation all the time of like, what's good with this person? What is the underlying cause for the harm that they have Mm -hmm. created? How can we do something more than completely? trash their name and their careers i say and that also but then away. we talk about diddy also i'm, I'm just one. holding repeat my offender I'm, repeat offender repeat fucking offender who takes zero accountability i don't know if we, we don't know what's going on with uh jonathan majors we don't know we don't know what he, what the the who with the information that we with. do have you're right we don't know but with the information that's what i can only base what i'm saying based off the information that we do have again Still. this may this may shift and jonathan and diddy is 50 something years old jonathan majors is not that this may shift if more information comes out more women come out more this come out and it's a it's this is a pattern which makes and it's more- like all right bro you need to get help don't do it anymore. Like, what the fuck? Or like, if if more heinous stuff comes out, it's it's different. You, things well, why, change. That's my question: is why? Why is it that if there's a child that is, you know, one kid smacks another kid, and another kid, you know, is slamming another kid's head into a a wall? Which one are you going to be like, yo, this kid really needs attention. Like we have to figure out a way to both of them, both of them. But I don't think I think the collective conversation, especially around men and harm is like, oh, get this nigga, throw him away. He's dead. He's canceled. He is. It's unredeemable. I don't have the answers. I can't sit here and even say that I don't instinctively think they 
for Diddy, for R. Kelly, that my instinct is like, oh, they're trash. They're terrible. Because there's no, there, there is no, there, for me, there's no reverence in them. There's no, I don't get any self-reflection in them. I get, I, I, I don't see that in them. I, I see that in a Mike Tyson. You see that in Jonathan that's Majors? A, that, that's a better thing. I don't, I don't see know that yet that. because it's the first fucking time. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, I don't know. I, see, I his- see performative shit in Jonathan Majors, and I hope that somebody can talk to him and hopefully get him the help that he needs. And I'm rooting for that to be a possibility. Oh, because I don't see If he that continues to do the same shit, then it's like, ugh, come on, bro. But a Mike Tyson is someone who, Mike Tyson, in my opinion, I believe has caused many people harm. Mike Tyson is someone who's done deep work on himself to stop causing said harm or to cause less harm. Mm-hmm. And I, I see there's something where he's still connected to his humanity in a way that I think is redeemable, but that it's also personal. And when you say collectively, that's where it gets very hard because, because it's so personal. I don't know how we make these decisions as a community. I mean, we do, we have laws, right? Okay. But even in the laws, there's certain people, depending on the narrative, depending on how good your lawyer is, mm-hmm. depending on if how believable him and Megan Good could have been, oh. him coming in with a fucking Bible and holding it Did he? with his mom. Yeah, shit like that no. that I'm sure didn't help the jury. It didn't like, but maybe he's <laughs> he's all I've heard him on interviews years ago before all this talking about his faith. And coming up in the South and growing up with church. So like maybe that is a practice of his, but to us it doesn't read because now, you know, like it's all about the narrative. It's very tricky. But does the Mike Tyson thing make sense where it's like there's, there's a redeeming quality because there's a, he humbled himself in a way and he openly talks about it. I think that although I cannot understanding all across the board, there is a redeeming possibility for all of Mm. them. No, I don't have it for. Oh, I, I do. I think that I there is a redeeming possibility for yeah. R. Kelly. I think there's a redeeming possibility. There has to be. I think it's Am in there, I, but they're not tapped into it. No, so I'm I not, don't have space I, for it. Well, I, I, I do. And I think there's people that have mm. even greater space for it than I do. And I, I wow. see it as a possibility. And I see that it is, it is possible. And that that. I'm not the one to do that work, but there are people that are built for that. And there are people that have, similar to Mike Tyson, have done um, terrible, disgraceful, despicable things and Negan. have... <laughs> have that's an example. I mean, though. that's what grace is. You know, that's what miracles are. That's what, like, that's what the 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 hope of so much religion and Christianity. Like Mm -hmm. I am a sinful person and I can be renewed and God's love or this spiritual law is bigger than my negotiations of what's right and what's wrong. And I can find redemption. And I, I think they're possible. You got to get on your knees and humble yourself. I'm I'm not saying that they deserve that from the public. That's their own work. But I think that we collectively don't offer that space for folks. It's like I'm throwing the key away. You're done. You do that work by yourself. And I don't know if that work 
is possible by yourself. It's such hard work that they're they're with all type of um if with all R type Kelly of redemption, there there's it's I think it can be done in relationship and should be done in relationship because if I agree with you. What else? What I'm saying is if R I I, I want to make my, what I'm saying clear. If R. Kelly came out and said, Okay, I did all that shit. It was terrible. R. Kelly has a lot of childhood trauma. A lot of childhood mm -hmm. trauma. I need help. I would say we need to help him. I really would. So we need to give him help. He He's ready to do the work, so we should help him. And whether or not people can accept that is a different thing, but we, we need to offer him some resources, truly. But as long as he doesn't say that, that's all I'm saying. I ain't got it for him. And what I'm saying, it, it, oftentimes people, it takes people, somebody to go it's, first it, we don't have yeah. in our civil in our justice system we don't have that type of no redemptive practice we are not yeah. we you're siloed you're away you're bad you figure it out on your own when these people often need the most type of uh real care like relentlessly showing up for them in a way that's like yeah. do you see yourself can you see yourself for who you really are but uh, it ain't me <laughs> do you do that it with hitler me? like what where's the line that's the it thing that's what's so interesting well, i it's think like, that's where christianity and this power of grace and i mean we, we are in the face of but christians still got a hell baby terror forever <laughs> ever you and that bitch forever that's what I'm saying. So make it make sense. That's why I'm like, we ain't gonna go into that because that's because uh, I can't make I, it make sense. It's Christmas now. But I, what I do think, <laughs> what I do believe in, is the power of grace. I do. I think that, and we don't have a real understanding of what grace means, and what redemption means, and what miracles are aside from like I'm, you know, besides like this material thing. When real miracles are like this trans, just transformation, and we don't have public um conversations around it our our ideas of miracles grace are um are deeply connected to materialism in a lot of way and like uh mm. versus like oh no this is this was this person who was a really dark person and they were forgiven you know like there's mothers that whose children are murdered and they go to that murderer. I'll never forget this uh, Muslim woman. Her son was murdered and she went in front of him, in front of a juror and said that she was going to visit that murderer regularly. She was going to be in relationship with him regularly because she, she knew that there was some possibility for redemption and that she forgave him and, I'll find that clip somewhere, but like that type of shit is like, I don't know if I could do it, but yeah, it, I'm it, saying I can't. It's there, it's there, and it's powerful, and it it changes lives. Not right. Anyway, away. what do you do if you're making good? You don't do it. I don't know, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't realize the age difference between them. I kind of love it. What love is the age difference? She's forty three. How did they get together? I need to understand. Girl, she was texting him in that car. She was Cleopatra. <laughs> Don't play. Probably. Who knows? But you really think it's some woman named Cleopatra texting him? 
he put that girl name in there as Cleopatra. Child. I make it. A, Listen to This us. is all a lie. I don't know nobody. But I, come on. A lot of people think that. What like, do you Megan? think? What, 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 what? I mean, Coretta. She his Coretta. <laughs> That's a Coretta. All I saw was that clip where she came out and that one piece of her braid was sticking <laughs> out and he did not fix it. He he. He didn't took a hair all out the coat and everything though? else. I was like, girl, was that a style? You know how No, some- it wasn't intentional. It fell out. Even there's something about them. I don't know. Don't I feel don't feel right, right? No. It ain't right. It feels like maybe they were trying to control a narrative. He didn't have a good lawyer either. I didn't love his lawyer. I just I don't know if I'm Megan Good. If I'm in it in it and I'm looking at these charges, I'm like, you about to get probation. You'd be all right. And I'm if I love him to death to life, then maybe I probably stay. And he got to get help. He he has to be in all the counseling. Ain't no way I'm about to go and deal with that bullshit. But also maybe Megan and all the parameters that he had for Jabari that didn't work. That didn't work with who Jabari was, and they were trying to make that that square fit in that circle. Talk about it. Maybe it works for Megan. Mm-hmm. Maybe Megan's like, hell yeah, I'll be Coretta. And hell yeah, I will represent you right. I and I'm not going to be out here drinking. Cutting. I'm sitting here with my Bible. What you talking about? I'm trying not to be. Not even an option. We got a plan. You know, Five year, 10 maybe, year, 15. Right. Maybe all of that works. Maybe <clears throat> there are certain women. I don't know. But there, he needs, he, based off of those text messages, it's he was suicidal. He said it in those messages. I'm hoping that he gets the help that he needs. I'm hoping this girl Jabari. I hope she goes back to Europe because these people are not going to be forgiving towards her. She here. said, I hope she goes back to Europe. I do. I'm really serious. These people are tearing her up on social media. And what life does she have here? They're going to tear her up. I feel sorry I'm for vindicated. her. Vindicated? Mm-hmm. I don't know if she feels vind- how do, like how she must have felt something she, to make this public and not to be like, actually, but I'm, I'm not going to move can't, forward. Do with you this. think she feels vindicated right now? I don't now? know what vindicated means. She, yes, you do. Vindicated. I'll just set it. Vindicated means like you feel some sort of resolve. You feel like your point was proven. You feel like, you know, what is the yeah, show definition? Show or prove to be right, reasonable, or just. Yeah. I don't know if these charges and, and what was what he wasn't charged of. It doesn't feel like vindication. It kind of feels like if he wanted to go back and and press charges against her, he probably could, and he could probably get the same result if he really wanted to. But that doesn't make sense because it keeps his name in the public and messes with his career more. I don't know if she would feel vindicated. She probably just feels so fucking embarrassed. Embarrassed. Oh, God. To have that video of her laying on but the she, floor like she that. she wanted all out of it. it. Like, she pushed for it. You know what I mean? She could have been like, uh-uh. no, she pushed for that video not to play. Oh, she kept asking the judge not to play the video and crying on the stand while it played. There's certain stuff that you can't control. You can't control with the cross examination, and there's certain and cross examinations are lethal, man. They they gotta paint the narrative and, and they tear you your been ass an up. Excellent lawyer. And your really? next life, yeah, in your next life, I want you to be a lawyer, or you already oh, were a lawyer. a lawyer. You'd be excellent. But excellent. Ba- listen, based based off of what I read, I don't think that the jury made the right decision legally. I think they made the right decision with their hearts and minds, and probably the decision that I would have made. But legally, 
there's a lot of reasonable doubt in this case. And I actually thought he was going to get off. You completely. thought that she inflicted those wounds on herself? I, there's reasonable doubt that she did it when she fell in the closet. There's reasonable doubt that she did it. That it was not, the, you know, now like there's, there's reasonable doubt. She was on, Nobody knows she, was how she, she even got there. Something? He had someone testify and say that the, that the, that the injuries to her were not consistent with her story. He had right. a like forensic person right. come in and do that. That's reasonable doubt. Mm. He had the driver say she was the aggressor in the car. Mm. That's a reasonable doubt. Mm. You and see the video, running he's running. Him, she went out after the, that's all reasonable but doubt. I'm not car, saying that. He was forceful of getting off of her. He was forceful of putting her back in the car. Could she have hit her head? When, when, but even the forensic person said, you don't get an ear cut behind your ear like that. By hitting your head. That's not how it works. But yeah, he was forceful in shoving her back in that car. To, but also, legally, you're allowed, to if you're trying yourself. to get, not it's not defense. You're trying to get away from somebody. You're allowed to put, to, to put space in between you and a person with, with um, they say, reasonable force. And that's up for, de- what's reasonable force? You've got this big ass, dude that just finished creed and this little white ballerina girl of course he's gonna look a certain way so it, it's all tricky it's all tricky again your honor I, this is all tricky no i'm just saying i'm if i was a defense attorney i would be like you can't look at the evidence that we provided and say that there's not reasonable doubt therefore you cannot convict it has to be without a shadow of a fucking doubt, which is why so many women don't come forward. And it's so unfortunate because the burden's on them to prove it. And it's fucked up again. But it was I, proven because he was black. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that other saying people, people are saying man. that. And we would, I don't think that we would be um, honest. I, 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 honest if we didn't discuss right. the racial, the, the racial component mm-hmm. of this. And the physicality of and him. And the physicality. And the physicality of her. What a mercy. And what it means to see a white woman crying on the stand profusely. Mm-hmm. The judge saying, do you need a break? Mm-hmm. You know, like all of those things mm-hmm. come into play. Damn. They do. They do. What is and and again, I'm, I swear to God, I'm not trying to cape for him. I'm literally only talking about the law. I I don't, I don't believe that there's... I don't believe again that Jonathan is not at fault in some way, shape, or form in this relationship. So Marvel said that if he were not guilty, they didn't say shit. They just said they just announced Marvel Studios drops Jonathan Majors following guilty verdict for harassment and assault. Marvel Studios is part of ways with Jonathan Majors, the actor. Blah, 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 who's playing King, Central and the Antagonist, yada, 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 after he was convicted December 18th, yada, 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 in the verdict, but da, 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 da. Yeah, they didn't say shit. They just parted mm-hmm. ways. There, I, J- Jabari alleged, alleged that Majors forcefully retrieved his phone from her. That's the other thing. She, that's the other thing. Is you that having she, my shit. You're allowed to try to get your property back from somebody, but it has to be reasonable force. Oh, he's 34, not 32. Anyway, he his sentencing is set for February, so he'll he I don't think he'll see any time, not a bit of time. 
Well, like, but no. the, the cost is not necessarily time for me. Now, if he sees, well, no, if he sees time, that's when I'm be like, this is okay. Now y'all doing a lot. What's he going to do? Now this is not inequitable. Oh, is now this is not equitable. done. Is his career done? I don't think so. Okay. I think he takes a pause. I think that he, he, he's not on the same trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. But I think if he has, if he handles this well, and he has the right PR after this, that he can come back. Right. I do. I don't think that. You know, Disney dropping him is not good because that signals to the rest of the studios how they should align themselves. And also Disney's setting themselves apart from the DC world because they're like, DC didn't handle this well. That's our direct competitor with these superhero films. They've got problems over there. We don't want problems over here. But who knows? Does he play the Dennis Rodman role he was up for? I don't know. Mm. I think it's really going to depend, too, on how Hollywood responds, how other Hollywood actors respond. Is he shunned? Do they stay away from him? Is he still invited places? It all depends on who holds him, who reaches their arms around him. And unfortunately, Megan Good ain't got enough pull to to, to, no, she ain't it. She ain't giving him the stamp of approval to get them jobs back. Well, just to her, but Thank y'all for listening. And long one, but a good one. Mm. No conclusions here. Only questions. But sad. Pray for them, y'all. All right. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye. I love you. I love you. It's the same week. It comes out the same week. They won't see us next week. We're taking a break. Okay, bye. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good.